Wow. Okay. Wow. Hey, guys. Welcome to the 17.4 Misfit Podcast, chatting about the open wad. I just did a scaled version. It sucked. Uh, I'm Seth here with Gabe. Hey, guys. Matt. Yo. And Drew, of course. Sup? Drew's back wasn't up for the wad, so we're going to take a DNF today. No big deal. Drew, what do we got before we uh, jump into the... We're going to be real quick today, guys. Sharpentheaxco.com for gear. Sharpentheaxco.com. Click on the events tab. Get yourself a ticket to Misfit Athletics Training Camp 2.0, Pillar CrossFit, San Antonio, Texas, April 7th to the 9th. Word on the street is Freddie and China are going to be joining us for that again. That'll be fantastic. Um, Really quick before Seth reads the names, get your remote coaching applications in before the end of the Open if you're looking for remote coaching for your 2018 season because we fill up every year at that time. It's happening. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Gabe. And uh, now we're going to go over the top qualifiers in each region very quick. A lot of the same names from last week. We have Paul Castillo, Zach Souter, and Dex Hopkins in the Central East. Big Dex. I never thought I'd see the day. In the North Central, Megan Scales, Matt Green, and Dylan Martin. Mid-Atlantic, Mackenzie Riley, our own Kenzie, Josh Mabry, Nate Long, Cody Bradburn. Southeast, we have Corey Gibson in the Northwest, Mr. Sam Quant, Joe Silvestri in race, Southworth hanging on in 20th place. In Europe, we have Johanna, Julius Daughter, Arnie Christensen, and Marcin Zibaj. That's my best guess. I think I change it every week. Uh, NorCal, China Cho, Danielle Brandon, Jordan Eldridge, and Jordan Junta. Northeast, Claudia Vasquez, Corey Lunny, Austin Spencer, Cody Mooney. Anthony Vasquez, and I will say our own Max Bragg is just one spot out. He's so in 21st. This, Honorable mention. Uh, Latin America still hanging on. Fourth place, nice and solid. Zathan Simpson, Southwest, Chloe Wilson, Tylen Rashan, and in the South Central, a whole slew of characters. Alexis Johnson, Jessica Alvoit, Rachel Campbell, Travis Williams, Dusty Flores, Kendall Kersey, and Big Joe Gesner back in the top 20 after three weeks. Boom! Peaked. <laughs> well, I kept it high energy, boys. Let's talk about 17.4. So you actually got to do a version of it that's pretty similar to what most people experience this year. Live, is down. Oh, live went down, but we're recording. So sorry. You'll be watching us not live, but you'll catch up in a second. You'll catch up. Yeah, so what did you just say? I, I fucking did the workout. <laughs> yes? Yeah, you, you did got it. to do a version I, that was similar yeah. to what people experience. I scaled the deadlifts back because... Uh, I really can't handle that kind of volume on my back either. Um, but I had a lot of fun with the wall balls and the rowing, and I had somebody who could kind of push me through the middle of the workout, so I had to actually make it sweaty and difficult. And then I did my best on one of my shittiest movements, handstand push-ups. It's over. I mean, it's You have a- no idea how many reps you did because Austin didn't fucking <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said 22, 3, or 1. I did, so, really sure. I did so few that I could keep track. I did 22 reps, and I got a bunch of no reps in there, too. I did a better job meeting the standard this year than in years past. Um, was, I it guess the, actually, was it the belt? No, no. The belt <laughs> just made me feel nice and secure. I don't nice think it did shit. Nice but I think that's a good place for us to start. I know this is a repeat, so people have heard us talk about this before. But the handstand push-up standard, the box on the floor... 36 Didn't inches is a shitload. Like, no, I don't think it changes anything except it makes people less able to cheat and make their tall line 
uh, I feel like the people would be affected would be people who are like over like six one, six two, people who are really big athletes. Is the only time that would bring them a little bit narrower. But at the same time, would you meet the standard if your hands were that wide anyway? Well, that's so, the point. Like yeah. if if you're actually measuring correctly and you take and you have your arms over your head and you take that super wide stance with your hands, there's no way that you can get your heels up over that line. So the only thing I think it accomplished is the people who cheat that measurement and. A lot of people cheat that measurement. I mean, it's just the way it is. People cheat that measurement. And it'll, it'll keep some of the people honest because we see videos, like later on we're going through people's, uh, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We see videos of people repping out handstand push-ups and we know mechanically it's impossible for them to meet a fair standard if they're doing that. So this new measurement will at least ensure that the cheaters can't be so blatantly cheating and they'll have to keep their hands in they'll at least be reasonably close to a standard so i think that's why they did it i can't think of another reason why they make that change so but um drew you want to talk about the the mechanics of the handstand push-up a little bit i would love to um this i would say this podcast probably just for the most part needs to be about the handstand push-up right yep with with how much trouble people have with this you guys just had an awesome example of one of the fittest people in the history of the world struggling with their handstand push-up because at the top of their rep, and then during their loading sequence, they relied on a broken position. So as you kick up into your handstand, you need to bridge your hips. I don't think the camera is going to be able to see me, but if I shoot my butt back and I create an angle between the upper half of my leg and my torso here, my hips are not bridged through. Okay, That makes me a lot shorter. So at the top, we load that way. As we come down, head hits the ground, butt goes to the wall, just for that one second. Right. As the knees push out and load and you get your butt to the wall, you fire back up and that bridge position comes right back. So the only time that we have an angle between our torso and our upper leg is when that butt kisses the wall. Because after that, we kick our legs straight up, hips bridge out, and we become the tallest version of ourselves. And again, this is so simple to think about. If I want to be as tall as I can and I'm standing overhead, I'm good to go. Now I'm not as tall. It's fairly obvious why this would happen. She has good mobility. She was close to the wall. She was in a position that she needed to be in, but without those hips coming off the wall, she was just making herself shorter. I think she could have actually been, well, maybe she couldn't have been, but I think a athlete with better positions could have actually been closer to the wall. For sure. Because Absolutely. The, but that, she did bridge her hips a couple of times she and her did. feet slid right over the line. It's true. And uh, <laughs> whether those measurements in that video, I mean, that was... I'm gonna say it. It was one of the worst uh, judging things I've seen in, a, in an open podcast or open uh, event show. There, it just—I don't think the standards were being met for the handstand push-up. It didn't look like it looked like I people were so confused. Um, but that's either, neither here nor there. She basically did not do a good job of sending her energy upward. So, like Drew was saying, the closer you get to the wall and the more up and down you are, when you go to drive that energy, that momentum should go straight up along the wall. It shouldn't have to go into the wall at any great angle, which is part of the reason when her hands were a little bit fr- further away. And then when Brenda Castro caught right up to her, she was like straight up and down the wall. Still not great handstand push-ups. Knees ca- kind of caved in, torso or uh, hips, hips round. Curling, yeah. yeah, Knees go towards the torso, hips round a little bit. But she was still able to stay up and down for the most part compared to Brooke, who was very broken throughout. But Our YouTube channel has had the same video on it for three or four years now. Um, this is the way that we've been teaching it. We taught it this way for a long time because of the repeatability of doing it. And luckily, the way that we taught it to keep yourself as vertical as possible, get your mobility to the point where you can get really close to the wall, that is also excellent for the standard. It worked out well for us when we got to that point. But that's not just for the standard. If you curl your heel under and then do the movement how we show it in the YouTube video, 
you're fine the entire workout. It won't be a problem for one second. It's easy. I mean, if you look at someone who does those positions correctly, if you watch Cody do a handstand push-up workout, um, he's really close to the wall. He's stacked. He has a great job of extending his energy up the wall. And, you know, he has no problem. I've never really seen Cody struggle with this standard other than the fact that there's 55 of them. Right. And you need to be smart about how you decide to attack the workout, which I think can be a good segue into our next part about this handstand push-up is you don't want to go out the gate You smoking cigarettes last night? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to give you an opportunity Maybe. to clear your throat. There you go. Thank you. So uh, if you look at the handstand push-up, 55 is a high volume. Most athletes that are going to do anything in this sport are going to get through those 55, but you need to attack those smartly so you can get back to the deadlift somewhat fresh so that you can hit a big set of deadlifts, get through that, and maybe yeah, have an opportunity. That, that overextended Dude. position, man, what does that over. do to your yeah. second round of deadlifts? Terrible. Crushes it. So, I mean, I'm just thinking about make sure that when you get there, you're thinking about your positions, but also thinking about how you're going to attack it rep scheme-wise. Keep your sets fast. Keep them quick. Don't spend a lot of time on your head. Don't spend a lot of time at the top of the wall. If you're fighting for that extra centimeter at the top of the handstand push-up, probably more worth it to kick off the wall, kick back up, and do it right the first yes. time. Yes, speed and reps, right? How fast we actually cycle through those is a big part of it. So we talked about mechanics, and we talked about someone like Cody who trains the handstand push-up correctly all the time, and then when this open standard comes up, it's not a problem because it's the correct way to do a handstand push-up to begin with. But the other thing that we haven't talked about yet is the cycle rate and how important it is to not spend uh, too much time and attention. This is one thing we talk about at camps is um, – the first time I saw this, I actually thought it was better to be like super cautious and make sure all your reps counted and you really, you know, finish it and show the judge that's couldn't be more wrong because what we find from high volume like this is that it's actually the time and attention that's the big killer for both your lower back getting an overextended position and just burning your shoulders out. So um, be, making sure that you cycle really quick up and down the wall is, is really, really important. It's not necessarily so much the reps, but the time spent pressing into the floor, I think, is the big killer here. Huge. I think, I mean, anytime you spend additional time on the wall, you're essentially just going to get shorter, right? It's hard to hold those positions. You're going to get tired. Your midline's already cooked from rowing Even wall in a headstand, and, right? You still yeah. have to support your midline. I mean, we've done a bunch of accessory work the entire year with handstand holds, and you find that people look great for the first minute or so of their handstand hold, and it's all of a sudden you're watching, you know, third minute in, you're like, is it the same person? Like, what happened? So you got to make sure that you think about those positions the entire time. And when you're doing a workout like this where you have to hit such a big set or a big number of handstand push-ups, the sets being small and fast is definitely a better way to go rather than trying to go big out the gate and see what you can do to hang on. What is that? What's a small set or small fast set? I mean, I think... Is that 11? Is that 4? Like, where I, does that I, fall? It could be 5s, I think. I mean, I think it could even be less than that. The, the big issue is when you do a small set like that, you can't be hanging out on your legs, taking a big, deep breath. It's 5, kick down, shake out, kick back up. The tempo changes when the sets are smaller. You have to be more conscientious of getting back up on the wall over and over again when you have smaller sets. It's important to, when you're talking about strategy in terms of how you break it up, is you're always trying to tell people, you know, who are you talking about when you say that? I don't see people trying to make it to regionals kicking up and doing fives to begin with um towards the end though that's when things get really weird that's when those high level athletes that we've seen take those really big chunks and then they struggle to start to meet the standard a little bit so i do get what you're saying in terms of strategizing but i mean you can knock out 30 to 40 in that range 30 to 40 handstand push-ups in four, you know, three, four, five sets um, and be in a really good position. You know, taking advantage of the fact that 
you didn't do a whole lot with your arms to that point other than... You're all just pulling for the last three exactly. four minutes rather than pushing. So Exactly. Yeah, I think there's a distinct feel to it. When you start to really slow down on that finish and you start to really burn in the shoulders, that's when you start to think about going to the smaller sets. But that, for a regional level athlete, yeah, it shouldn't it, happen until it, you know 35 plus. That, that's a great point, too, knowing that it's about to slow down kick off the wall. Right. Even even if you're early on and you're doing seven to nine reps, you're better off sticking with those manageable sets than you are going to the point where you're holding yourself upside down. And then, as Seth said, that's when the midline starts to get screwed up and you try to run yourself over to the deadlift and it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and, and also, I don't know about other people, but kicking up and kicking down is actually fatiguing for me. So if I had to do threes or fives at the end, like that big kick up and then holding, showing the standard, and then coming up and down, sometimes that's worse than like just sucking it up and doing a few extra reps, like having to kick up, especially if you're one of the people that has a little bit of trouble meeting the standard. So many people kick up and they don't flex their toe down so their heel doesn't get over and then their first rep is completely no rep taken away from them. So something to consider when you're ready to go, make sure that you are comfortable with kicking up, getting that heel over the line and then going quickly from there. But we have any, I mean, if we go movement by movement, deadlift tips, um, I mean, in terms of reps, form. The, the, the first set, I would say, you know, you start at the gate, do a set that's bigger than your other sets, but don't go crazy. Don't yeah. burn yourself out. Don't, don't be silly. Don't go crazy. Um, 30. I think high-level athletes are going to hit somewhere between 15 and 20 reps for their first yeah. set, and then they'll probably do 10 or f- between 5 and 10 the rest of the way until they chunk away at the rest of the movements. I just think it's one of those things that doesn't pay to be the first one off the deadlift bar. I know no. it's a tie-break time for that, that part of the workout, but <laughs> it literally is irrelevant. Right. It doesn't really matter until you get back to the second Correct. round Correct, only deadlift. the second so round of deadlift. Even somebody with short breaks <clears throat> is going to be really close to you within yep. 10 seconds of you. So. Yeah, so it's not worth on the deadlift. I just think that the good athletes are going to do a big chunk to start, pick a number they can repeat over and over again, and then move on to the... And, and they probably will, but honestly, any good athlete can get away with 11s, too. 11, oh, 11, sure. like 11 five times with a really short break, it wouldn't be anything for them, and they move right on. So there's a thousand ways to break it up. I think the only major point to take home is don't hold your breath and pull 40 in your first yeah. set. Don't Correct. overextend yourself at the beginning yeah. of the workout. And, and yeah. one true kind of case study with that was Cody versus Sherb. Cody was way ahead in this workout, but because of the pace that he decided to take, when he got back to the deadlift, he was in very rough shape. You took it a little bit more conservatively, and then you were just ping, ping, just just rep, 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 and you actually got somewhat close to him there for a little while. So yeah. it's almost like you're being put through this metabolic challenge that is, you know, the 55 times four, and you can tackle it a bunch of different ways with a little bit of nuance here and there. But at the end of the day, it's the same workload that you're going through. So if you take it a touch easier, I mean, you didn't end up it's, beating Cody in that workout. I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there. But Cody you know, got a chance eight, to he catch got him tenth yeah. in the region. Yeah, he right. Was, he was three, he tenth three, overall. Three in the whole region. Did you get back yeah. to the wall balls? Yeah, I got four wall balls last yeah. year. Got so. it. You guys were almost a tie, and you were both top ten in the in the Northeast, which was still the hardest region, probably harder last year than this year. That workout was really competitive at the top. But yeah. yeah, I mean, personally, you have to save yourself in that deadlift to be able to do it again the second time. And that's where we see most, most athletes break down. And because they're already metabolically challenged, they're taking breaks, they're bending over, they're walking away from the bar, grabbing chalk, rebelting, all those things. So, I mean, the two ways you screw this workout out, too much rest, unplanned rest, right? Or you screw it up on the wall. That's like the only two things. You, if you go too Pretty hard much. going to the wall and you can't you know, finish the handstand push-ups, you screwed up. There's nothing you can do at that point. So... 
really it's a pace that you can keep moving keep moving and i remember doing this last year and thinking the first time like man i'm not great at deadlifts i gotta really try to push through those and this, i did this twice i did it a second time through and i i mean i wouldn't say coasted but i was much more conservative up to the wall i knocked probably 90 seconds off of my time on the wall and got you know, 15 more deadlifts on it so it's literally the workout is starts on the wall and then back at do the you bar. think somebody um, and we'll use Jordan as the example. Do you think somebody like Jordan, who we, you know, we assume he's going to meet the standard, no problem with the handstand pushups, and he has handstand pushups all day. Do you think someone like him can afford to push in like the wall ball row area, maybe row a little faster than most people might be comfortable and maybe push big sets of wall balls because he knows he's going to be so good on the wall? Or is it that he is so good on the wall that he should take it easy the rest of the way and smoke it and get back to the deadlifts? What do you think? I- Anyone do you think is the the better strategy? I, mean, I for think that? he could push a little bit harder on the road, knowing him as an athlete that he can deal with um, push-ups under fatigue and fatigue meaning the heart rate. I mean, the wall balls. You're not. I would say if you push on the wall balls to go unbroken, if you take a short break in the wall balls, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Well, but you can make a, yeah, a big and difference. Yeah, I don't mean in, in necessarily unbroken. Like you know, thirty, twenty-five, two sets is is pretty pretty much unbroken as opposed to right, doing like right. 15, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, all I, mean, I, I think you're fine to, to do a, a couple sets on the on the wall balls. Catch your breath a little bit on the row. Push a little bit harder on that and then be a little I, I bit say, I, what's a top 10 so that's a top 10 calorie per hour pace 17 15 16 yeah 17 17 yes okay yeah i was gonna say 15 16 but 17 maybe. if you're not holding i mean i remember when we watched that we had everyone do that retest of i don't remember which one it was but row toe to bar whatever wall ball yep. that workout whatever number that is um people were struggling holding 13 and a half 14 on the second row though so if they're doing that on row number two after getting through basically right. all that they need to be whole i mean 15 is you can always play it safe in the rower but if you can get a little bit of time like 55 calories is a lot it's a lot of time on the rower how much time can someone make up on the rower you think 30 seconds yeah that's i asked that question on purpose because we're getting to the point now where this sport's getting so ridiculous that we're splitting hairs. So if you're that person that thinks I can dog it on the rower to then go to the wall, um, I think you're wrong. I also I was going to say like a case study of Jordan particularly because I know he's not doing as well as he wants this year. Right. Giving this workout, and he wants to set himself apart and put himself you know, somewhere near that first heat. I know it's a goal of his that regionals to be back in that first heat. He's someone that should take a risk in this workout when he does it the first sure. time and maybe risk going too hard on the row. See what happens to his handstand pushups. Give himself time on the back end to really work those deadlifts and get back to the wall ball. Because he did last year, or last time we did this, he got to the wall balls. But yep. can he get 10 extra reps and jump from... I don't know, I think he was fourth or fifth in his region, which would have been, I don't know, 15th in ours. Can he jump up into that top five in this workout? And I think he can. So it's one of those things where he should take a risk in something like that, knowing that the movements that come after the row are yeah, know, I mean, and, good movements for him. Both of you guys make good points. In our region, you really can't dog anything, right? That's not a thing anymore. I meant more that 1,200, 1,300, yeah. that so you, range. That's risky, right? Yeah, that's, I think so. Yeah, I, I do too. That's risky nowadays to because even if that equals 15, 20 seconds because someone else is rowing 14, 50, 1,500, something like that, and you're rowing 1,250 the whole way, that is two extra kick up in sets of five, six, seven on the wall in the handstand push-up. That is That can be compounded to even so further the opportunity back. To five, the deadlift. 10 deadlifts. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it is really crucial. I mean, everyone wants an extra 20 seconds if they get back to that wall ball. They all, I mean, that's huge to be able to hold on to that for 10 extra, 12 Psycho extra reps. Those are so fast. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it's to get huge. those, those so two seconds. You really can't give anything away and you can't really necessarily play anything safe. But you also, like we said, you don't want to fuck it up and then have to stand around because that's 
that'll ruin the whole thing. So, wall ball tips: stand thirteen feet away from the target. <laughs> yeah, bend at the waist. Chest I'm pass. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chest pass. No, I mean, for, for the wall balls, get yourself as close as you comfortably can to stay upright, so that your back's not taking a beating from you bending over to catch that wall ball over and over again. Just go through your heels, use your legs, save your shoulders for definitely. Push-ups. Why don't you Why don't you show the people that stretch that you had us doing class the other day, where you put your hands on the box? Serious? Yeah. Yeah. Just oh, this, this was this was for for a bunch of people who are getting ready to do handstand stuff, and a bunch of people make comments. So if you're one of those people that can't open all the way up, this is uh, I don't know if he can, oh Ted's getting on the camera. We're going full professional. So a lot of times when you do puppy dog, you can't. I think that's the right name. You yeah. can't get past this position because your chin runs into the ground. You don't want to put your you know neck on the ground. This is pretty nasty, and it helped a lot of people with handstands the other day. So if you need that millimeter, inch, half inch. Just something that Thanks for sharing that with me before I embarrass myself in the whole world. <laughs> Appreciate that, <laughs> asshole. Team Dave. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Didn't work out so hot for Dave, <laughs> no, did it? Didn't. R.I.P. Dave. Uh, anything else we want to share? I mean, it's a repeater, guys. Almost every one of you don't that's fu- going to be... Just don't fuck the handstand push-ups yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you, you're fitter this year and you've been working on the handstand push-ups like you should have been, and that's pretty much it. We, Are you fitter or not? You just <laughs> need to be mobile enough to get really close to the wall. And if yeah. you're not, I'm really sorry. Is that it? That's it. We'll have That's comments it. and shit. All right, guys. Until next time, next week, final week of the Open, 17.5. Same time, same place. Peace. Boom. See you.